We're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 3. Stay standing with me. Chapter 9, chapter 3, verse 9, following. An incredible story. So the king of Israel, there's a battle going on, went with the king of Judah, king of Edom, and they marched on the roundabout route seven days. There was no water. Thanks, singers, you can make your way down. There was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. You ever feel you've got lacking water? Water of life, water of blessing, water of a miracle, water of breakthrough. Keyboard can stay for a bit. The King of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Do you ever feel you're being handed over to the enemy? Joshua said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? It's a good question, isn't it? That we may inquire of the Lord by him, trying to find out what's going on. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went down to him. Verse 15. But now bring me a musician. This is a prophet. Then it happened when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Tells you how important music is to bring the presence and the word of God. And he said, Thus says the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. There's no water. Make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. It's a supernatural miracle, folks. So when you dig the ditch, God tells you to dig. That's what happens. So that your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. <clears throat> and you shall take every fortified city and every choice city that shall cut down and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with the stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Eden. And the land was filled with water. So there's no rain, just the water comes. When all the Moabites saw the kings, they came up to fight against them. All who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border. They rose up early in the morning, the sun shining on the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side of the red, as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now therefore Moab to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up, attacked the Moabites. So they fled before them and they entered their land, killing the Moabites. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word. Would you speak specifically to each and every one of our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said? Grab a seat. So we've got three kings here. They're going to war against Moab. There's no water for the armies, no water for the animals. And God says, make the valley full of ditches. And without rain, God miraculously fills the ditches. But there would be no miracle of water if they didn't dig the ditches. Here's a lesson for us. We have to do our part to see miracles. If you do what you can, God will do what He can. Yes. Yes. So good. 
He can send the rain and he can defeat your enemy. But you've got a part to play. Don't just say, I have faith. Oh, I have faith for my miracle. Good for you. My Bible says in James 3 verse 2.20, faith without works is dead. God, send me some money. (laughs) Pay your tithes. You've got to do your part. You've got to dig the ditches. So we're going to look at that for a while this morning. And we don't know how long these guys were without water for the animals, but you can be sure they're desperately thirsty, exhausted, weary, and troubled and facing certain defeat. That might be you today. Weary, thirsty, struggling, facing certain defeat. But in this passage, as I've reflected on it, I see a picture of the church. I see the church of the West as desperately thirsty. Facing certain defeat in so many different areas. Desperately lacking the full power of the Holy Spirit to work your miracle, to heal your body, to bring your family to Christ, to work a miracle in your marriage, to set you free of addictions. That's why I say we're lacking, we're desperately thirsty for more of the water of God, the water of the Spirit to flow in this house. Is there a help praise in the house for that? We need, we need this, don't we? Give God a shout. Give Him something this morning. <clears throat> so we need that. We desperately need the Spirit of God to be poured out for the church to be revived and then for revival to come into our nations and to see miracles break out. But verse 11 is interesting. It says, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? Isn't there someone who can tell us what's going on? Is there any word from heaven that can explain why the church finds itself in the condition it finds itself? Is there anyone, is there a prophet of the Lord who can tell us why the church is lacking the power, is not influencing society, is somewhat compromised and lukewarm? Is there not a prophet in the house? It's a very good question. Well, I want to say to you today, I'm not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. But I've been deep in prayer for a long time and for many years. And I believe that I do have the prophetic word of the Lord for the time in which we live. And I believe God is saying, make the valley full of ditches. I believe God is saying the word of the Lord to the church of the West is it's time to dig the wells of prayer. Wells of prayer like you have never done it before. Why is the church in trouble today? Why is the church struggling? Why are you not getting your miracle? Why are you not getting the breakthroughs that you want to do? Because we have neglected digging the ditch and the wells of prayer. Because God said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. The church was born when the church began to pray, 10 days in the upper room. This is not rocket science, friends. This has been the pattern of Scripture from day dot. It's right from the beginning of the church. They dug the wells of prayer. The Spirit was poured out. Miracles flow. Signs and wonders. Cities were transformed. Nations were transformed. Revival broke out. Is there not a prophet of the Lord? Is there not a word from heaven? I'm telling you to tell you today, there is a word from heaven. 
It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's not hard to understand. God is saying, get out your spade, get out your shovel and start digging with all your might. Dig the wells of prayer, of the Holy Spirit, of the power of God, of revival, of the church being right. It's time to dig like never before. Now you've heard me saying this for some time, I know, but I think it's worth repeating today that this is what we need to do. You know, I've never been more excited about what God is doing in our church than I am today. I've never seen this level of tempo in this house. I've been here 35 years. I wanna say thank you for those of you who are joining us in prayer. More are coming out on Thursday night. Thank you for that. Those who are coming to the revival prayer meetings, thank you for that. For those of you who are digging, and many of you are digging and praying, maybe some of you are doing it at home, but it's bringing us to a place where God is now starting to move in our midst. And I just wanna say to you today, if we will keep digging, Friends, if we will keep digging, I hear the sound. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear the sound of revival coming. I hear the sound of God awakening. I hear the sound of the Lion of Judah beginning to roar and say, I am on my way. I see the rider on the white horse and he's heading in the direction of Church Unlimited. He's heading in the direction of your life, of your family, of your circumstances. But we just gotta keep digging. We just gotta keep digging. Now, let me just bring out some thoughts uh, on this whole thing uh, about digging here. And you know what was interesting? It said, uh, make the valley full of ditches. <coughs> make it full of ditches. What a crazy comment. There's no water. There's no rain. Make the valley full of ditches. Crazy. Crazy instruction. How many of you agree that's crazy? And yet we know if they did anything else but dig the ditches, they would have been defeated. You know, sometimes you've got to do what God says, not what you want to do. Not what you think is the answer. You need to find out, God, what do I need to do to get my miracle, to get my breakthrough, to get my answer. God, what, what is it? What is the word of the Lord? So often we say, but God, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. But God says, it's not what I asked you to do. I wanted you to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to get on your horses and ride back to town and get some water, water from somewhere else. He said, no, what I want you to do is to dig ditches. Yeah. You're gonna find in the Bible that the miraculous and the ridiculous are usually connected. The reason we, they don't seem ridiculous to us because we've read it so many times. Say, so, hey, Noah, build a boat. What's a boat? Well, it's a piece of wood. And you're going to live in it for a few days because the rain is going to come. What is rain? There's never been rain. What an insane request for a hundred years. Yeah. Noah builds a boat when there's no sign of any rain because God says, that's what you need to do. Because yeah. the rain is gonna come. Yeah. And it did come. But what a crazy instruction yeah. to be given. The miraculous and the ridiculous are so often connected together. <clears throat> so he says to the widow and the son, down to the last meal, about to die. And uh, God says to him, give your last meal to Elijah. Hello, <laughs> yeah. we've got our last meal, we're gonna die. No, no, ridiculous. Yeah. What you got left 
give it to Elijah, and like far as you're concerned, go and die. Ridiculous. <clears throat> you're struggling financially. You can't meet your needs. Pay your tithes. Ridiculous. Dig the ditch. Do what you need to do. Do what God says, and God will send the water. God will provide for you. And then there's Naaman. Naaman, go and dig in the dig. <coughs> Got leprosy. Go and dip in the Jordan River. Goes in once. No, not once. Twice. Surely. No, no, no. Seven times. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Why not just three times? Three's the number of resurrection. One or three times. No, no. Do what God says. Do what God says. He could have gone three times. And a lot of what the church does is partial obedience. We almost obey. We don't quite obey. But we feel good because we've almost obeyed. Well, I almost did it right. I almost paid my whatever. God said, no, no, no. Obey. Do what I tell you. Seven times. And it wasn't until he came up after the seventh time that God actually healed him and set him free. When you're facing your giants, God gives, you know, sometimes we make a request from God, write this down somewhere, and usually what he'll do is give you an instruction. He said, but God, this is what I want. He said, well, do this. He said, no, 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 God, I don't want to do this. Well, then he said, well, you can't have what you want. Requests are usually followed by instructions. So you have to make an instruction. God, heal me. Well, you need to do this and this and this. So it's, it's a, you know, faith without works is dead. Yeah. And so often now the weakness in our preaching is we give all the promises, yeah. but not the conditions. Yeah. And it doesn't work. People say, oh, it didn't work. Well, it didn't work because we didn't know what the conditions were or didn't yeah. follow what the conditions were, were meant to be. So I'm going to call on to my stage all my diggers because <clears throat> the Bible says, make the whole valley full of ditches. So we're going to cover this entire stage. I don't know how many diggers we are. Here we come. Here come all our diggers here. So spread right out, my guys, uh, right across the stage. And uh, however you'd like digging, just start maybe some further at the flare. Just come, some come to the front, some at the back. Uh, let's just spread it all over. Come, can, come some to the front. Can, some come to the front. Some, some, go, some go behind there. Yeah, just right up the front. Come on, don't be shy. Don't get stage fright, all right? Okay. So we're here, friends. We're gonna, you know, the reason I've got everybody here is we're going to make the whole valley full of ditches. Because the more ditches you dig, the more miracles you're going to see. The more ditches you dig, the more you're going to see God break out in power. So come on, team, start digging away. I don't know how you dig, but start digging. Come on, church, to join with us. Why don't you all stand together? Why? Come on. We can't all do the work here ourselves. So what are we doing? We're redigging the wells of prayer, right? We're redigging the wells of revival. We're reading in the wells of the Holy Spirit. We're reading in the wells of the power of God. We're reading in the wells of marriage reconciliations. We're reading in the wells of healing. We're reading in the wells of addiction being broken. We're just digging with all our might. Make the valley full of ditches. Not a few ditches. Not just a few here and there. Full it dig. And then you've got to go deeper. You've got to dig deeper. And you've got to dig longer. So you just keep digging and digging. Make the valley full of ditches. This is Church Unlimited. Make the valley full of ditches. 
Every one of you, buy yourself a shovel. Start digging. Dig at home. Dig wherever you can. I don't care how you do it. But the more we dip, make the valley full of ditches, I'm telling you, the more we're going to see the revival fire of God, the more we're going to see miracles for your family, for your home, for your addictions to be broken, your backslidden kids to come back to Jesus. Whatever your need might be, the breakthrough, mental health, cancer, diabetes, heart conditions, you know, broken knees, uh, knee replacements, shoulder replacements, whatever it is, whatever you need, all we got to do is dig enough ditches and dig long enough. Got a, a keyboard there? Is our drummer around somewhere? Drummer and a keyboard would be great right now. Okay. So come on, church, join with us again. Just for the next 30 seconds as our drummer finds his way to the, to the drums and give us a roll. There, come on, let's start digging. What are we digging? We're digging the well of prayer, revival, Holy Spirit. Hey, why don't you dig for your miracle? Come on, come on, let's start digging right now. Come on, let's dig, dig now. Dig for your miracle now. I'm digging for my miracle. I'm digging for my miracle right now. Right now. Right now. Dig. Dig with all your energy. Dig with all your might. Make the whole valley, the whole valley, the whole valley full of ditches in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the church a praise, a clap. Thanks, team. Stay with me, drummer. Stay with me, guys. Don't run away. Awesome. Are we getting it? Are we getting it? Okay, grab a seat. Give the team a hand, would you? Aren't they fantastic? Is there something in that? Make the whole valley full of ditches. <clears throat> Dig some ditches that you've never thought of digging. You know, if you want a miracle, let me give you some ditches. You know, Adrian and I have dug a lot of ditches over the years. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so many. That's why we see what we see today. Here's some ditches you want to dig. Prayer, obviously. Fasting. Dig the ditch of fasting. Dig the ditch of generosity like you've never done before. Push it to another level. You know, I was pushing my generosity up. I don't, 10% is that absolute Minimum, minimum. That's not digging a ditch, that's just doing what you need to do. When you give more, <clears throat> then you're starting to dig a ditch. Push it way beyond, push it to 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 20, whatever. Just dig the ditch, generosity, sacrifice. You know, make a real sacrifice, you know. I don't know, in your, in your service, where it might be, you're making a sacrifice for Jesus. You know, there's just so many different ditches that we can actually actually dig. Here's another one. How about to, um, here's a good one. Forgive. It's a good ditch to dig, folks. It's a real good one. Oh, I don't want to do that one, Lord. Okay, forget your miracle. For some of you, your miracle's connected to forgiveness. Hello? Hello? There's another ditch. <clears throat> Launch into higher praise and worship. Praise and worship like you've never done before. But you're saying, I'm in the pits. Dig the ditch. See, dig ditching's hard work. These guys were exhausted. No rain, no water for however long. They are shot. Still have to dig. 
Come on, dig the ditches. Whatever they might. You know, since we started digging ditches in church and limited started our revival premium, we are seeing more and more healings, more and more miracles, more and more breakthroughs. It's, it's all connected to digging the ditches. So let me just share a couple with you. <clears throat> a woman owns a hair salon, shoulders extremely sore for two and a half years, injected one with cortisone, but pain returned. Recently, I was leading in a service and I said, lay hands on that part of your body that's sick. Laid hands on both, both shoulders. This is after two and a half years of pain. In two days, all the pain was gone from both shoulders. No pain since and works full time. Here's another one. Young man in our church, Sunday, when I'm doing these breakthroughs, and uh, I'm always saying, you're not receiving my breakthrough now. And some of you, I know you wondered, this doesn't work. It actually does work, by the way. <clears throat> so praying for breakthrough and he's asking, I think the area he wanted was finances. That Sunday night, we did a Sunday service. That Sunday night, his wife gets an email from her boss saying, despite economic hard times, we are giving you a raise. What company, listen, what company sends you an email on Sunday night to give you more money? It's a miracle, friends. <clears throat> I've got so many more, I can't share them all with you, but keep sending your miracles in. I'm just noticing they're just going to a higher and higher level. I'll tell you why, because we're digging, man. We're digging those ditches. And the more we keep digging, you know, some of you need to get a bigger shovel, by the way. Hello? Tell the person next to you, you need a bigger shovel. Because your current shovel's not doing the job. You got this, your current shovel is not doing the job. Your current prayer is not getting the job done. Did you hear me? Your current prayer is not getting the job done. It's not enough, friends. You can keep praying like you're praying. You're probably never gonna get the answer. You need a bigger shovel. You need to dig deeper and you need to dig longer and release the miracle that God wants to give you. Oh, I don't wanna do that. Great, live with your problem. Every request for a miracle, there's an instruction. Yeah. There's an instruction. Find out your instruction. What is the instruction? Have you ever asked God? <clears throat> you know, your instruction may be totally disconnected to the miracle you want. For example, your miracle, and not saying this for everyone, you want this miracle of healing, God says, forgive. You think, how can that be connected? It can. Yeah. So you gotta find out what is He asking you to dig? What sacrifice is He asking you to give? I know for some people, They've got their miracle out of just giving a very generous offering to God because God told them that's what they needed to do. They didn't have much money, but God said, no, no, I want you to give this big offering. And they did release their miracle. I'm not saying you should do that, but if that's what God says, see, is there not a prophet who can tell me what to do? <clears throat> so we need to hear from God what to do. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then when I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. For God to hear our prayers, heal our land, we've got to turn from our wicked ways. Can't leave that out. Oh God, I want a miracle. Turn from your wicked ways. God, I want a breakthrough. Stop watching that porn. God, I want to see a breakthrough in my life. Behave yourself. You know, stop yelling at your wife. Whatever it might be, stop yelling at your husband. <clears throat> I don't know why I always say wife, but it should be husband as well. <clears throat> First words from the lips of Jesus, Matthew 3 verse 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance 
is the gateway. <laughs> you know, maybe one of the biggest ditches we all need to dig is repentance, man, yeah. and get our lives right before God. Yeah. 1 John 3 verse 22, whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Check it out, folks. You're wanting a miracle? You're wanting a breakthrough? You better check out that by the best of your ability, you're keeping His commandments and you're doing what's pleasing in His sight. You can't live a lukewarm, compromised life and then say, God, do this miracle for me. According to the Bible. <clears throat> it's gone very quiet here now, but never mind. Robert Murray McShane said this, a holy man is an awesome weapon in the hands of Almighty God. Woo! God, give us some more awesome weapons. You know, you've got to be careful with your eyes, eh? I travel by plane quite a bit. <clears throat> and I'll be sitting there innocently watching, reading my Bible, which I normally do praying or working on sermons. Then there's a screen nearby of someone else watching a movie. And before I know it, there are horrendous scenes of sexuality and immorality and all that kind of rubbish. And I, just, I said, Jesus, help me. Before you know it, it's just in front of your eyes. And you just got to guard your eyes with everything you've got. And so, this, you know, that's what, this is what I said. You know, we've got to obey the commands of God. We've got to do what's right in His sight. And, you know, we cannot be watching this stuff, friends. You know, the, the trap of the devil is this. He'd get you to watch a movie, all right, listening. 99% of it's good. It's a 1% poison that kills you. You just need one scene, it's got you. It gets imprinted on your brain. It's almost so hard to get rid of. Fortunately, when I was, before I say the stuff I saw was low level, nothing like what they're seeing now. But even why I still fight what I saw. You can't, you can't do, you gotta guard these eyes. It's a, one of the ditches you need to dig is put a guard over your eyes and not look at any of this stuff. Because once you see it, the next step is you may just do it. It's very quiet in this house, but I'm going to keep on preaching. <clears throat> Tell the person next to you, watch what you watch. Tell the person on the other side. <laughs> Psalm 29 verse 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. <clears throat> now I understand in the godless world in which we live, where the internet is available to see whatever you want, it is a challenge to live a holy life. I'm not stupid. I know what's going on. I know what's out there. And I know how hard it is to live a godly and a holy life. But we need to do our part. We need to dig the ditches. We need to be fully surrendered to God. We need to set ourselves on fire. We need to be praying. We need to be fasting. We need to be surrendered. We need to be serving. We need to be in church every week. We need to be doing everything. We need to position ourselves so we can believe God for His power to live godly lives. If you're living a, a lukewarm life, you're in church half the time, never, you know, you're not getting stuck into it. Friends, it's hard to then have the fervour and the prayer and the faith to live a godly life. So you've got to position yourself. I love the verse in um, Titus 
2, 11 and 12, for the grace of God that appeared, has, that offers salvation to all people, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Have you got that? The grace of God. You get close to God, you dig the wells of prayer, maybe a bit of fasting, whatever else God is doing. And then as you, as you do all those things, you can step into the grace of God. The grace of God that teaches you to say, no. teaches you to say, no. no to what? No to, where is my screen? No to, can I say no to what? No to, and, 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 let's try it again. Teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and live self-control, upright, godly lives. This present age, give the Lord a praise. Oh-ho! All right, enough said on that. <clears throat> so just be very careful. Whole sexual area, be very careful. You know what I'm talking about. Be honest with your finances. Pay your taxes. No cash deals under the table. Tell the person next to you, no cash deals under the table. You can't do that and expect miracles, folks. Hello? Hello? You can't do that. It's sin, it's wrong. (laughs) And God's gonna struggle to bless you. Seriously, for a few measly dollars, you jeopardise the blessing of God on your life. Then you wonder why other stuff's going wrong. Well, you open a door. You open the door for the enemy to come in. So don't do it. Pay your, everyone say, pay your taxes. Pay your, everyone say, no under the table deals. No under the table deals. No cash deals. No cash deals. We should be called the No Cash Deals Church. Is my point? Is my point clear? (laughs) As I wrap this up, you know, the three kings obeyed when... Are we doing all right, by the way? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, thank you. The three kings obeyed when it was really difficult to do so. And that may be you today. You just think, man, it's so hard to obey. <clears throat> you know, digging these wells of prayer. You know, they were tired, they were thirsty. But we have to do what it takes. I want to repeat what I said last week because it impacted a number of people. And that is, it's time to shift our focus from all our struggles, all our battles, all our worries, all the breakthroughs and miracles we need just to shift our focus away. Yeah, we've prayed, we've been responsible, but now can I encourage you, park it. Leave it with God. Leave it with God. Do not spend the rest of your life spending all your energy all your anxiety, all your emotions, all your prayers on trying to deal with this issue that confronts you today. As we heard from Daniel Bates, don't be married to your mountain. And it absorbs your entire life. I wanna say, park it. You say, well, hold on a minute, what's gonna happen? Well, my Bible says this, seek first the kingdom of God, dig the wells of prayer, 
serve, sacrifice, pray, give, be generous, all the rest of it. Live for Jesus, pray for revival. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And God says, look, I'll take care of your needs. I'll take care of your problems. In fact, I've heard people come to me and say, it was one of the most liberating words that they've heard because they're spending all their life stuck married to their problem. All their energy was just going on the struggle and they, they just didn't have much time. And by the way, the struggle wasn't getting sorted out either because they'd, actually they've prayed enough. There comes a time you've prayed enough, folks. It's time that you've fasted enough. It's not more prayer you need. It's more faith you need. Sometimes, it's, and sometimes faith is, God, I leave that with you and I trust you. I'm pouring my life into the Kingdom of God. I'm serving with greater passion than ever before. I'm giving my energy to the Kingdom of God. I'm giving my energy to prayer and digging the wells of revival. <clears throat> so park it, friends. A friend of mine came up to me the other day, so excited. He said, Pastor, he said, I have this real worry in my life. He said, you said park it. He said, so I parked it. He said, I prayed for personal revival. Within a few days, I had a mighty breakthrough. Wow, come on. Give the Lord a praise, come on. <clears throat> I'm believing for hundreds of revival prayer meetings to start all across Church Unlimited. Do you know some have already started? There are people I know have already started revival prayer meetings. It's very exciting, very exciting. In fact, one person said to me, they started a revival prayer meeting within a very short time, God just blessed. It was that quick. And I had this thought the other day when I was leading in prayer, that if you start a revival prayer meeting, you're gonna see God do things very quickly. It's not gonna take years. It's gonna happen very, very quickly. And so I wanna encourage everybody in this building upstairs and downstairs, why don't you start a revival prayer meeting? Uh, Ask the person next to you, why don't you start a revival prayer meeting? Don't go quiet on me now, church. Nice and loud. (laughs) Look, listen, all you need is one more person. Two of you. Just start praying. 15 minutes or once a week, if that's all you can do. Revival, you know how to pray? Just pray 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, Lord send revival, Lord send revival. Put the song on, God of revival. 15 minutes, be gone like that. Be a part of it. Your prayers will make a difference. If we get hundreds of revival prayer meetings all across Church Unlimited, you can be sure revival will be very near at hand. So you have a part to play. Buy your shovel. Buy your shovel if you can't afford it. Christy Lee's offered to pay for everybody's shovel. She, she is so committed to this. I mean, seriously. Warehouse, $14. $14. You might say, oh, I don't need a shovel. Look, it's just, a, it's just a prophetic sign that you're gonna start getting into digging in prayer and see what God will do. So start a revival prayer meeting. If you don't know how to pray, contact the office. We can give you some slides. We can, we can show you how to go about it. It's one of the easiest things that you'll ever do. And when the revival comes, you're gonna say, oh my God, thank you, Lord. I was one who brought the revival. Okay, Jonah 1, five to six. If I gave it to them, I'm not sure that I did. I want to repeat it from last week. Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray. Jonah was sound asleep 
down in the hole. They're in a crisis. There's problems all around. They're in danger of losing their lives. The captain goes down, he says to Jonah, how can you sleep at a time like this? And I just leave the challenge with you once again, church, is how can we sleep? How can you sleep at a time when the church is in great disarray, in need of revival fire? Our nation is going downhill at a rapid rate of knots. There's more shootings already taken place. Friends, the doorways are open. The enemy is invading our nation like a flood and the church is struggling to get ahead of the game. Friends, how can we sleep? How can we sleep at a time like this? How can you sleep at a time of struggle? How can you sleep when the church needs you and needs you, me, more than it's ever needed us before? It needs your prayers, it needs your faith, it needs your serving. You can make a difference, you can play a part in this. Friends, how can you sleep? And he goes down, the captain goes down, Jesus goes down and says to him, get up and pray. Get up and pray. Tell the person next to you, get up and pray. Come on, tell them again, get up and pray. Come on, every one of us, we need to get up and pray. The call to prayer is for every one of us. It's not for a few selected few. There's no gift of prayer in the Bible. God expects everyone to pray. Come on a Thursday night, come and join us or start your own revival prayer whenever you want to do it. Martin Luther King said this, we're confronted with the fierce urgency of now. This is no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous, positive action. Wow, we're confronted with the fierce urgency of now. How many of you feel an urgency? Give me a wave. Yeah, mostly near the front. Up in the balcony, how many of you feel this urgency? Yeah, some hands up there as well, fantastic. The fierce urgency of now. You know, can I just say as nicely as I can as pastor, if we're not feeling an urgency, we're actually asleep. Actually asleep. And no fireman sleeps while the city burns. Our city's burning, folks. The nation's burning. And the church is somewhat burning as well. No fireman sleeps. No fireman sleeps. They get up and they do what they have to do, even at the risk of their lives. I finish with this. The prayers of the elect. Is that coming up? The prayers of the elect affect more than the actions of the elected. The prayers of the elect. Oh, here it is. The prayers of the elect affect more than the actions of the elected. In a few months' time, there's going to be a whole lot of people elected to Parliament to try and change the narrative of this nation. They don't, can't do it. They don't have the power because they're actually up against spiritual forces, by the way. They can't do it. <coughs> but friends, the prayers of the elect, you and I, we have been elected already. You and I have been elected already. God has elected you to be a leader in this nation, to bring change and to bring transformation, to shift this nation back to Jesus. Not only has He elected you, He has given you the power of the Holy Spirit to dig the wells and to make a difference in our nation. 
Friends, it is time for you and I take our eyes off the government, take our eyes off the Prime Minister, take our eyes off the members of Parliament, take our eyes off National and Labour and Greens and whoever else, Act and whoever else might be out there and put our eyes on the church. We are the elected. We are the elected of God to change this nation. I said we are the elected of God and we have called, we anointed by God to change and bring transformation to the nation. You don't have to wait for someone to elect you. You're called by God. You're anointed by God. We, we have been given what it takes. We are the elected. Stand with me, everyone, please. We are the elected of God. Elected, not only elected, but anointed. Problem with the government, they're elected, but most of them are not anointed. There might be a few who are, but we're elected. We're anointed. We're filled with the Spirit. We got resurrection power inside of us. We can bring a mighty revival. Tell the person next to you, God's anointed you to change this nation. (laughs) One day some of you are going to actually believe me. Because most of you, many of you think, oh, whatever. (laughs) We just keep preaching, keep doing what we can. I'm deeply committed to what I talk about. Been on this journey a long time. I believe God raised me up to help turn this nation to Jesus. And I know it's going to take the digging of the wells. So I'm willing to do that. Push up my prayer times, fast a bit more, do whatever I can. I reckon the devil's messed with this nation long enough. Do you know our New Zealand's biggest problem? Do you know what it is? In the churches? Ruling spirit over our nation? Apathy. It'll be alright. How many of you think our nation's alright? And that's what we've thought. And we keep thinking it'll be alright. Somehow it's going to sort itself out. I'm telling you folks, it's not going to happen unless the church rises up.